Lou Eisen, boxing uh, historian and author. And we have a special show today on Ring Talk. We have one of my favorite authors in the world, uh, Christian Judah Day, Judah J, excuse me. And uh, I apologize if I did not pronounce that correctly. Um, we want to talk about his wonderful book. He has a lot of wonderful books. You got to get his book on Wilfredo Gomez and the one Ansel Stone on Roberta Duran. But this one touched my heart, beloved warrior on, on um, the magnificent Alexis Arguello. Uh, you'd have to say Arguello is one of the greatest all-time fighters that ever lived pound for pound. But also in the lighter weights, I would say it's Duran and Arguello and Gomez, the three people that Christians capture better than anyone else on the planet. And he's just a wonderful person and it's an honor and a privilege to have him here. Please welcome to Ring Talk. Christian Judajay. Lou, hey, thank you so much for having me on the show today. Thank um, you. It's really, it's a great oh, pleasure. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. You said my name correctly. Oh, okay. Thank you. I go through the same thing with my name Eisen. So I just say to people, even in Canada, do you know President Eisenhower? Yes. Well, it's the same name without the Howard. Because <laughs> people just don't get it. So. Uh, your what made you want to write a book on on such a great character as Alexis Arguello? Well, when I was growing up, I think the I, I had two two really uh, two really strong uh, affinities for uh, Roberto Duran and, and Alexis Arguello. I think um, before I even started writing about boxing, you know, th those are two guys that stood out to me. Um, you know, I was a little bit younger at the time, you know, to, to see them in their prime. But as I got older, I got to see their fights and really understood what they stood for in the ring. So after I wrote the book on Roberto Duran, uh, I figured the next, you know, the next best uh, fighter to approach would be uh, Alexis Arguello. And I just loved everything about Arguello. There were, you know, it's, it's hard not to. I mean, there are some fighters who are just hard not to like. Even if they're not your your favorite fighter, they're they're not a guy who really uh you know epitomizes the style that you like. But but Arguello, there were just so many things that made him likable and refreshing as a person. Um, and we talked about earlier accessible. Uh, and and then you watch him in the ring, and it was pure you know beauty watching him fight you know fight and and the the, uh, the layers too. And Arguello fight was was much different than than what we what you saw with a guy like Roberto Duran. And so for me, I, I really, that, that was the second guy who I really wanted to uh, write about. I mean, and, and I mean, I got lucky in being able to write about him, but you know, when, when, I, when I think about great Latin fighters, um, Arguello and, and Duran are up there. So I felt that uh, I really, uh, really wanted to take that next step with uh, Arguello at the time. You know, with if the Mount Rushmore of the great Latin fighters, well, you'd have to have more than four faces, but certainly right, Arguello, Duran, Wilfredo Gomez, Salvador Sanchez, but the list is endless. Arguello was like, almost like Henri Matisse in the ring. He was a real artist and there was no wasted moves. It was poetry emotion. He was a privilege to watch. And I, I always felt when I saw him that when the fight was over, that the announcer should say, you know what? He was even more brilliant than we thought. You guys got to chip in some more money because <laughs> this guy was was super. Now he he grew up in Nicaragua, right? In Managua. Yes. And was it relatively peaceful politically where when he grew up? Uh, when when he when he grew up, um, 
No, I mean, no. I mean, this was this was when uh, when he was growing up. I th I think um, it was a lot more peaceful than than uh, than later on. But right. um, you know, he he was someone who I mean, he he grew up in in a difficult, uh, cer certainly a difficult upbringing. But you know, not like some of you know, not like uh, I, I couldn't compare it to the way Duran grew up. But um, right. you know, he uh, he definitely had a uh, um, you know, early childhood was was difficult, but I think um, that the political situation really started to get, um, you know, really started to get severe as as he got older. Um, with with uh, with, you know, everything that ha was happening in in Managua at the time. Did um, I know when he was young, when he was seventeen, I think he moved to Toronto actually for a short time. Yeah, that was his, uh, I guess his dad sent him there. And um, that was a big, uh, you know, that opened his eyes to the, <laughs> to the world. Um, he he kind of ca called it his time, um, you know, almost like a hippie time, he called it in, in, in his life. And um, yeah, he, he was, uh, you know, sent to Toronto and, uh, and then he, he came back and um, he eventually started his boxing career. But yeah, that was, that was something very unusual to, uh, to, to write about. It was just a, uh, you know, sort of just this little, you know, his dad sent him there to work and, um, and, uh, you know, he, he learned it, it was, uh, for him, it was like an eye opening experience to see, you know, to be outside of Managua. I mean, it would be for any, any young boy come, you know, making that, uh, transition. But, um, I think when, when he came back, um, he, he eventually, you know, moved, moved to boxing, told, told his dad, dad, he wanted to go to the gym, but, um, that was a, a very uh, unique situation for for a young young boy from uh, Managua. Yeah, I, I can't imagine because I know people coming from smaller Canadian provinces like Prince Edward Island, when they come to Toronto, they can't believe how big it is. <laughs> and then when Torontonians go to New York, they, they their their minds get blown. We thought we thought Toronto was big. This is a million <laughs> times bigger and thicker. So coming from Managua. How, how did Alexis gravitate toward boxing when when he was younger? Yeah, um, you know, during that time when um, when Alexis uh, started out, um, you know, it, it was actually, uh, you know, he he was like pleading with his his father, you know, to take take me to the gym. I want to I want to go to the uh, to the gym, and um, you know, he he went there, and um, he just started. Uh, he started to kind of see himself in, in the in the ring, and and um, and as he as he started to make the uh, the transition to boxing, um, he also started to to get connected with a lot of the um, the older fighters. Um, I think it was um, Edward um, Mouse Mohica at the time who who became a mentor to him, and you know what he what he understood about about uh, boxing is that. I mean, how, how green he was at the time, you know, eventually, I don't want to jump ahead, but I mean, when, when he got together and he eventually started to become managed by Eduardo uh, Roman, um, he started to recognize that, um, that he, he was going to need more than what he was getting in Managua to really get that, that, that boxing education uh, that he truly needed. And, um, but, but I think like once, once he started to go to the gym, started to, uh, uh, started to spar, um, it was just something that, that, you know, he really uh, started to get this connection with. I, you know, one thing he had that very few boxers ever have had, uh, only the great, really great ones, is patience. He, he had such patience in the ring, and he was so calm. Is, was that just developed for boxing, or was that part of his natural character as a person? 
You know, I, I think that was, I think that's something that, that spawned out of um, the experience in, in boxing. And I think it was something that as, as um, you know, I, I think he learned a lot of, you know, those skills, those kind of, th those skills, patience, um, being calm from Eduardo Roman um, when, when he was, when he was younger, um, you know, Roman came into his life and started to, you know, he, he started to introduce him to U.S. history and, and give him books and and, um, and and introduce him to aspects of his life, you know, away from boxing, away from, you know, to understand as if to say, you know, I care about you as a person. All right. And then I and, and then secondary, I care about, you you know, your boxing career. And I think one of the things with with, um, you know, we talk about patience. Uh, Roman was a very calm person, not not one to, um, you know, to uh, to rage or or. Um, you know, or to get um, amplified in, in his actions. And you know, I, I don't know if that's something that, that he learned from Roman, but certainly, like you said, as he got older, um, sometimes you'd watch him fight and you're like, okay, when is he going to, uh, you know, step in and, 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 and be, um, you know, the Alexis Arguello that we expect him to be. But I, I think there's, so, you know, something that uh, was definitely he took um, from Roman as far as demeanor and how he carried himself. Um, but then again, he also was very patient and calm in his, um, you know, his personal life. So I think those two things uh, played a role. I, I know that uh, I remember watching him fight. Well, I remember watching him fight Oliveras. That was a brutal fight. But I, I, and Oliveras was one of the all-time great, talk about Mount Rushmore, Manaway champions of all time. And Alexis took him apart. I mean, he stood there toe-to-toe. -to -toe and used that reach. But the fight, I remember, was way later, Billy Costello. And I think Victor Valley, Costello's manager, trainer, really upset Alexis. And you never saw that uh, in the ring by saying his raps were illegal. And I thought, you know, if there's one honest boxer in all of boxing history, it's Alexis Arguello. He would never do that to someone. And I just remembered the look on his face and he was getting beat for a bit, but he was so calm and going back to his corner after one of the rounds, he said to the, his trainer, he's making a mistake. I'll get him now. And he got him. Yeah, he was, um, you know, th th that he talked about that uh, being, you know, allowing anger to uh, to take over um, as a boxer. And that was the only time he, he ever, well, again, against Limon, he also allowed it to, uh, he, got, he also got angry, but, um, you know, it was a, uh, it was very unusual to, to see Alexis in, in that place of, of um, anger and, and allowing uh, rage to take over. You know, at that point in his career, it was also the sense of, um, you know, he, here's a guy who was not, not feeling too comfortable outside of the ring. And I wonder if that also played a role, not, not very, you know, the stability that, that he wanted in his life outside the ring wasn't there. And, and you know it, it it's it makes sense that a, a lot of his fights earlier he, he never allowed you know those you know, th those feelings of rage to enter into who he was um, as as a fighter. But you know that was a, a uh, when you when you talk about um, Alexis and, and you and you you know you think about him young and, and then you think about him the older Alexis. I mean you, you definitely I, I, I want to say you see a difference in every fighter, but there was definitely this this disconnect between who he was later and who he was earlier. And um, um, I, I, maybe disconnect isn't the, the, the best word for it, but um, like you said, against Costello, it was, um, it was something that, that he let 
disrupt him that, you know, that decades earlier, he would have just pushed forward and say, you know, bring on the fight and, and not allowed him to, 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 to shape, shape how he, how he approached the fight. Right. Because I remember after the fight, he said, I've been doing this for over 30 years. I would never cheat on another man because he would take his life. And that's not what the sport's about. And I remember Ray Arcel saying, boxing is controlled fury. He said, that's why Ali likes to get his opponents angry, is when you're angry, you don't fight well. So it, it was interesting uh, to see that. What, was the victory very early on over Kid Pambelli, was that the, or Pambelli, was that the turning point in his young career? Um. I don't know if that was the the turning point in his young career. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think his early fights uh, really include, I, I don't think until he fought, I think the turning point in his, in his early career, to be honest, is, was the fight with Marcel. Right. Because, um, because and, and, I, and, I, and I say that just because, at, you know, um, at that stage, he, he recognized in that fight how, how how much development he needed or, and how, how much, how much maturity he lacked in the ring. Um, because, uh, you know, the, uh, the Panamanians at, at that time were, were a little, little hesitant to, um, I, I forget who it was in, in Panama, but, you know, thought, thought Alexis was a little too green um, for, for Marcel. And um, so I think that was a turning point as if to say, you know what, I, I know a lot about this sport, but certainly not enough. And, um, and Marcel could do that to you. I mean, he he was he was that good of a fighter. I mean, I, I'm not saying that that you know you know Marcel you know maybe not everybody knows about Ernesto Marcel, but he was a heck of a fighter. Um, so right. so he, he learned a lot. I, I think um, like like you like you said you know maybe it was an earlier fight, but I I always pinpointed the Marcel fight as as that kind of the the, the that wake up call to Alexis um, and if he was going to uh, you know uh, challenge and and become the great fighter that he needed to be. Because he, he took it up levels after the Marcel fight. And Marcel, as you said, world champion, he took it up levels. He saw what he needed to do. And after that, he was untouchable, Alexis. Yeah. You know? and it was just a just a, I mean, you know, and, and I think, I think all, all great fighters go through that transition moment, um, that, that moment where they recognize I, I don't know if it's in the, it's you know they do it in, in in such a big fight as as we saw with uh, Marcel, you know um, I, I you know I wrote a book on on Camacho and um, right. you know I, I I don't think Camacho had that same moment um, um, that 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 you know that Alexis but certain fighters need that that moment at that point in their lives and um, you know it's it's it, it it gives you a good measuring stick a good barometer for who you are. Um, when you get an early fight against, uh, you know, in your in your career against uh, against a guy as good as Marcel, speed, power, um, you know, movement. I mean, Marcel had everything, and 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 I think that, um, you know, it was it was something that that Alexis needed. This, you know, almost brings us to the fight last night with Liam Smith and and um, uh, Chris Eubanks Jr. Uh, Eubanks Jr.'s trainer was Bo Mack. Brian McIntyre trained Terrence Crawford. And he said something that I heard Charlie Goldman say. I've heard of Charlie Goldman saying, Angel Dundee told me, that you never mess with a fighter's actual natural style. You just enhance it. So before the fight, they said to him, what have you added to Chris Eubank's style? He said, nothing. I told them to forget everything else the other guys taught him. 
just be yourself, just move your feet. He said, it's all in the feet. Keep the feet moving, keep the jab going. And it, it just seemed when you saw Alexis in the ring, he was always in motion, always giving angles. The feet were always moving. His punches looked slow, but they certainly weren't to the guy that was lying on the canvas. I mean, that right hand was devastating. Like you said earlier, when you'd watch him after a couple of rounds, you'd think, when's he going to throw the right hand? And then, bang, and the other guy would drop. Um, yeah. Was Oliveris, I think, was, wasn't he favored against Arguello in their fight in Los Angeles? Right. Mm-hmm. And that went 13 rounds, but Arguello was magnificent. He was practically flawless. Yeah, and like you said, like you said, when you, when you have a, a fighter, now at, at that stage, I think there was a little bit more, you know, a little bit more focus on on who he was going to become, and I think there was a little bit more attention to what what the trainer was. He switched off and on between um, uh, trainers back then, uh, um, a little bit more frequently, and um, so I, I think there was a little bit more guidance about you know, like all those things that you just talked about, like. You know the the movement. Um, you know, um, being judicious with your punches. You know, you know he liked to say it's 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 not. You know, it's 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 you know where you know it's when you when you decide to attack. Not not necessarily. You know the um, you know when you when you think about power, it's it's, it's always about the time. Uh, you know the timing. It's it's a timing aspect. So I think um, at that stage early on, you know it was like like you said. It's like you know you start. You know, you give you give them information. You start giving them advice, and then and then you know, Alexis. Um, it, I'm sure it didn't take too many fights for them to you know to, to recognize that you know at, at some stage in his career he's pretty much training himself. But I mean, I think um, you know the movement, the angles. Um, you know, like you said, not everybody thought he had great speed, but it, it you know, I mean, some of the you know, like you said, his his, his opponents probably would disagree with that, but. Uh, okay. You know, he was he was so accurate um, that that I, I don't know if he, he need you know, certainly he wasn't as fast as some of the, you know, some of the other, um, you know, his other his peers during that time. But he wasn't he wasn't slow. I mean, <laughs> so so but, but he had all those attributes and um, attributes that when you watch, you know, you you you're watching that fight and you're learning with him. It's it's like, you know, it's, it's like you're gaining something as you watch a fighter. And that that's something neat to uh, to see as 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 a fan. I, I heard, I don't know if it was Gil Clancy or someone say, I, don't, I, I wonder if you'd agree with this. There's a difference, he said, between speed and quickness. He said, two fighters standing side by side throwing punches, one may be quicker. He said, but, or maybe faster. He said, quickness is different than speed. Quickness is seeing the opening as it's developing and getting there first, even if the fighter you're fighting has faster hands. And Alexis certainly had that. I mean, when 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 a guy made a mistake against him, they were done. It ended yeah. quite abruptly. You know, Clancy, um, Gil Clancy, uh, really a legend. Um, made made it. That's an, that's a really great point. I think some people, you know, when when they see guys with fast hands, they automatically think they're 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 making decisions in a, in a quick fashion. And and sometimes, you know, when when you know when you don't, you know, Alexis did a great job of shifting up the speeds of his punches. I mean, he. he you know, sometimes he, he'd throw that range finder, you know, jab for a while and then he'd bang and then and then he'd start uh, whipping it um, as more of a, you know, as, as more of a, like a fierce punch than just a, a jab. But there's definitely that difference between quickness and, and speed. And, um, you know, when you think about guys with great speed, 
um, and, and who are also quick. They, they have both that they have that that dynamic where, you know, like you just said, it's, it's the idea of the instinctual quickness. Right. And then they, they they're blessed with speed. It's like those two things are working. So, you know, we, we know some, we, we certainly have seen some. I mean, when you think about a guy like Meldrick Taylor, I mean, the I speed that. That, that Meldrick Taylor had was just astounding. Um, but but when it's you know, when, he, when he's just left and, and he's hurt and he just has his speed, he's not doing anything. But like you said, when he's when he's you know, he's moving and he has that those instincts and, and he's and he's making decisions in a quick, you know, minute you know, minuscule fashion, I, th I think it adds a, you know, a depth to his, you know, who, who he is as a fighter. It, it, it reminded me, you know, Taylor and Chavez, almost like a, a, a lumberjack, six foot nine, fighting a, a grizzly bear. Lumberjack's quicker, but the bear's punches, Chavez's punches didn't get as many, but he was doing much more damage, much, much more damage than, than Taylor was. And Aguayo did so much damage with every, Shot, and I love how you mentioned the fact that he would change the speed like a pitcher. So you don't know what really to to prepare for, what kind of with the speed, or if he's going to double jab, keep double jabbing, or just throw one jab and then come over with the right hand. I mean, he changed it up. He was such a smart fighter. I mean, he showed that the, your brain is probably your most potent weapon. And in so many fights, I mean, the 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 Escalera fight. I mean, he was. The Jim Watt fight, he just, you know, I, was gonna, I don't know how to describe the Jim Watt fight using technology as a verb, but he out-teched him. I mean, he was just, and Watt was a really good fighter, but Alexis just outsmarted him throughout the whole fight. Like you said, he's watching it. He's taking it all in like a computer. And then his mind saying, this is what we're going to do now. And he does it. Yeah, and that, that was, uh, you know, that, that was what made him... Um... I, I think when you when you look at you know some of his uh, his knock his, his late round knockouts, um, you, you see that you know especially with the fifteen round fight, he, he knew that this was a journey, and and you know some you know I I don't think fighters um, recognize that that you know I, I don't think fighters could fight I don't think any fighters could fight the way Alexis fought his fight and anymore. Um, it's just it's just a, it was a different uh, time. Um, he had he felt he had that space and that time to to wait and to wait and to wait and and then attack um and um and 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 you know hey, let's be honest it, it didn't always entirely work for him um you know um but but for, for the most part um if, if you look at his great performances you know he was a guy who was who was just you know, um you know that that, that right hand I mean when, when when he starts to land that, that right hand you just you, you saw a guy who was like, who was indestructible. I mean, fabulous, you know, um, uh, you know, with, with that right hand, but it was, it was when he threw it, it, it he was, he was punching through his opponents. And, and, you know, I just don't see that level. You, you see great punchers nowadays. I mean, there are definitely some great punchers out there. Um, and, but, but I, I don't, I don't see guys who, who, who throw that right hand like that. And it's just, uh, it was, uh, something that was, um, it was mesmerizing. As you know, Lou. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you think, I always think guys like Charlie Goldman and Ray Arcel would have just cried, enjoyed watching Alexis fight because I know when he knocked out um, Oliveras, my my friend, who you've heard of obviously, Art Hafey, was there and in the dressing room with, with um, Ruben after, 
And this Ruben said, I've never been hit like that. No one ever hit me with that kind of power. That was unbelievable. And he said, I hit him my best shots and he just walked through him. He didn't blink, his head didn't go back. He didn't even shrug, he just took him and kept coming. He said like I was just, you know, yawning at him. He said he was indestructible. And he took his time, he sculpted a masterpiece rather than just the way things are so quick in society today. Like you said, he took his time, like, a, like he was like a Cezanne or a Gauguin or a Chagall. He took his time and he crafted a masterpiece that us at home and those in the audience would remember forever. You know, I, I think, you know, nowadays you have uh, you have great fighters out there um, um, who, who are no doubt would be great in any any time period. But I just like the way I, I don't know too many fighters who um, who made that the same type of development from, you know, uh, that uh, that Arguello did from the from the from the time he started to the time he won his, you know, that first title um, to the end of his career. It just felt like he was building something. Like each fight, you know, you're 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 seeing something a little bit different with each uh, with with each performance. And um, I, I don't, you know, I don't always. Not every great fighter does that. I mean, some great fighters, you know, um, you know, start to fade away um, quicker than others. Or some great fighters, you recognize they have they have maybe one one last great fight um, that they uh, they can you know they can evoke. But you know, Alexis, um, you know, he you know you see him when he's young, you know, so thin and and you know. So, so, so thin and, and then growing into 135, it's like, wow, um, you know, this, this is, this is a, uh, this is a guy who knew exactly what he wanted to be at a, at a certain, you know, with, with, which with each stage of his career, you know, he was, he, he knew that this is, this is where I want to be and then achieved it. Um, and, and, um, and he made, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he made, he made a, you know, he said something, um, no, no one could have lived my life the way I lived it, and 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 I and I I, I see that, and I, I see that through um, the, the the way he uh, he conducted his career. What does he mean specifically by that? That no one could have taken the chances he took in moving up in weight and go through those battles on, on in the ring while facing battles outside the ring. I I, th I think I uh, think I think that's what he was referring to at the time about the um, you know the the the, the fact of. Um, that at, at some point, you know, in, you know, in, in his career, he was eventually exiled from from his homeland, and 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 still had to create a life for himself when, when most people would have, you know, um, you know, completely um, been devastated, um, and and Absolutely. and not 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 been able to move forward, you know, p past that that sad reality that you you know, uh, it, it, <laughs> we don't see that with many fighters where at some point in their career that they, they can't go home, and. Um, and Alexis faced that, uh, but he faced it with dignity and grace, and 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 a sense of um, integrity that that he had showed. I mean, you said that you know was he a guy who was calm? Now now um, you know was he calm? Was he patient? I, I, he was in his life, but you know, and and as angry as he was, um, the fact that you know of, of how they treated him, um, he still moved forward. He still continued with his career. Um, he still stayed focused, and um, sometimes it's it, it's hard to uh, you know not not many people re re remember that part of Alexis. That's I mean that would destroy anyone, except a world champion like him. I mean, what other fighters in history or athletes could make that claim? Jack Johnson, but he skipped bail, 
and and Ali when he was, you know, went and fought in Europe for a while. But I, there was no one like Alexis. And I think one of the great things, many great things about your book is, I mean, I, I really cried at the end because I missed him. You know, I didn't want, I, no one was ready when he went. They still wanted him. And, and did Alexis, did he know what he meant to people? Did he know how important he was? Not just people at the Boxing Hall of Fame, but to millions of fans around the world. I, I, to be honest, Lou, I think he did. I, I think he understood, um, you know, the, uh, the, I think he had, had, had a really good understanding of, of kind of what he stood for. And especially, um, you know, later in his life when, when um, you know, he, he was in a political, you know, uh, role and was an ambassador and, and um, you know, he was, he was away from boxing and still was, you know, uh, this icon to so many people. I, I think it would be hard to say that he didn't understand you know the the stature um and 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 what he um what what he meant to people but you know both in the united states and 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 um and nicaragua uh it was something that i think he also took pride in um that you know a man of the people i think i think that that you know that that title of a man of the people not you know we called him you know so many people looked at him as the gentleman of the ring but i think he was he more embraced the idea of, of, of someone a man of the people in the sense that he was he, he was the humble guy, um, you know, who, who lived his life in, in a way that as as uh, as high, um, you know, the, the peak that he reached, the pinnacle he reached in the boxing ring outside of the ring. He wasn't um, he, he he never really changed who he was. And um, and when he was, you know, uh, as, as a political figure and when he was able to have some influence and and make some changes within Managua, I, I think that only you know, added to his, his legacy. I, I remember going to uh, see him, I, as we spoke before we went on air, I, I, at the Hall of Fame, and I just saw him from a distance. And he, he just, he looked like a movie star from the 1930s or 40s. I mean, with the beautiful hat, the beautiful crisp linen suit. It was a hot day, everyone was sweating, not Alexis. And as I said to you before, George Chirallo ran to hug him. So did Nino Benvenuti. Angelo went over and they kissed each other. And Gil Clancy went over and they kissed each other. Everyone was just grabbing him and kissing him. And he stood for hours, hours outside signing autographs for, for everyone, but a lot for children. And he talked to every one of them. You know, a lot of guys go there and they go, here you go. Here you go. But he would say, what's your name? What, where do you go to school? What's your favorite subject? There was no one like that. that. I mean, he was just, it was almost like he was from another world, another time. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, uh, Lou, I, you know, I, I want to just kind of build off of that. He, he was a guy who, you know, his legacy, and, and this is, um, this is, this is something that's unique to Alexis. His legacy may be even more about how he made people feel outside the ring rather than how he made people feel inside the ring. And I, I truly mean that. I, don't, I, I can't say that about any other, any, any other fighter. This is just that sense with, with Alexis that when, and, and, and I saw this when I, when I went to uh, Nicaragua, is that when I met him, he was asking me about, you know, about me, about my family, you know, about you know, where, you know, where I'm coming from and, um, and my relationship you know, I, I, with, with, my, with my family and my father. I mean, th these were things that you know, boxers 
athletes, you know, first off, you know, they, like you said, a lot of them don't feel like they have the time, right? And then, um, and then you have uh, Alexis, who, you know, is not just asking you one question, but then, but then wants to know more about you, um, and um, and which is so uh, something that's so uplifting because you know we want so much out of our our sports figures. I mean, we want to go, we want to meet them, we want to get an autograph. At, at best, we want to shake their hand. But um, when they reciprocate that and then and then turn it back to you, it's 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 just this. Um, it creates one of those memories that it's hard to, you know, it's hard to forget when when someone does that. Um, and 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 when um, and like you said, Lou, you know, not not everybody, you know, some people just you know sign their autograph and 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 you're on your way, right? And you have that that uh, you know you, you that you have that as a memory. But with Alexis, you know, and and you have someone actually asking you about you, talking to you, it just uh, it's something that is um, that is 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 last stays with you for a long time. It's a real person. I, I mean it. I, I, what I didn't forget, Christian, was, and, and I'll never forget, there were so many families at the Hall of Fame, and kids would run to him, and he'd pick them up like it was his own kid, you know, and then he'd sign the autograph, and the kid would take a couple steps, turn, and run back and hug him. And he hadn't turned away yet. He was still looking right at the kid. And I thought, this is a real human being. This is the people's champion. You know, this is a person who belongs to the world. You know, he, he found the world, but he didn't lose himself. I mean, I, I I went with a friend of mine who lives in Vancouver now. He was working at the sports network here covering boxing, which is like ESPN, which owns the sports network up here. And we went to see the Arguello fights on pay-per-view, not the fight, excuse me, Aaron Pryor fight on pay-per-view. And I think it was the second, I can't remember, I think it was the second or first fight 13th round, he hit him with the right hand, and I thought he killed Pryor. And my friend said to me, Pryor's got to be juiced. And of course, we find out later, Panama Lewis, you know, who was in his corner, who was, Panama Lewis came to the Fifth Street gym when I was there with Angelo one time, the new Fifth Street gym, and he wanted to come up and say hi to Angelo, and Angelo said, I don't want to see him. He's a, he's a piece of crap. And then he asked again, and Angelo sent someone down to say, if you come up to see me, you're going to leave in a pine box. He hated Panama Lewis oh, for wow. what he done to Alexis and, and what he did to Billy Collins and so many other fighters. It, it's amazing now that, you know, more than likely, did Alexis ever speak about that? I mean, what other conclusion is there that he was juiced for that fight, that they had a stimulant, whether it was cocaine or whatever? Yeah, the um, so just a, a little background on my on my book. Um, the uh, so w w one of the things that that Alexis um, when when I wrote my book, it was it was after Alexis had passed. Mm -hmm. So I, I hadn't we, we were in we were in discussions for the book um, to, to, to do the book. And then um, unfortunately, um, Alexis passed. And, and so it was it wasn't a. Um, Kind of a coordinated set of interviews that I did throughout. It was, uh, you know, I, I met him once in in Managua, um, and I got to do an interview there. And then, um, and then he passed. And then um, the, uh, you know, someone um, uh, talked to me about a book. But um, one of the things that he said about uh, he, he didn't he didn't he he didn't speak to the um, uh, to what Panama Lewis uh, had done. What what he spoke to more was he said, you know, what what they do to you what you do to them on the way in 
uh, they do to you on the way out. So I, I think he took a more diplomatic approach and uh, with, with me in saying, you know, that, um, you know, what what was happening was not is not something that I'm going to, you know, rage against. And, and um, you know, uh, but but I will say that, you know, at, at that stage in my career, I was I was, you know, not not the same fighter um, with that. So um, he, he didn't for, at least directly to me, he, he didn't he didn't show any animosity toward um, uh, toward what we were saying with uh, with Aaron Pryor. Um, that being said, I mean, it's, it's hard to deny, um, you know, the, the wrongdoing that, that occurred there in, in, the, in that particular in that particular fight. Um, you know, uh, as great as Pryor was, I mean, we, we saw it with our own eyes, what, what, what was happening, you know, in the ring. And at the Hall of Fame, Pryor didn't deny that. He said, yeah, there was stuff in the bottle. I'm not going to say what it was, but yeah. The, you know, and as you said, Alexis was just past his prime at that point when he fought uh, prior both times. So earlier on, I think it would have been a different story. When I was growing I'm 62. So when I was growing up, they always talked Duran and Arguello would fight. But they were always at different weight classes. Duran was moving up to welter while Alexis was junior lightweight. Was there any seriousness about that? Were they ever close to having a fight between the two of them? Yes. Um, you know, before that move occurred, you know, um, Duran went up to him in a, uh, I think it was an airport, um, and went up to um, Alexis and started, you know, you know, you know, started uh, talking to him and you know, you want to fight me, man? You know, come on and fight me. And Alexis was like, easy. You, I, you, you don't, you know, and, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, you, you don't approach me like that. I mean, I'm, I'm a very serious man. Please, you know, don't, don't, don't treat me like that. Um, you know, Dur Duran wanted that fight. I mean, everybody wanted that fight. Um, but there, there were, there were, uh, there, there were serious talks. It's just, um, the, 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 the move was, you know, the, the, the weight, the weight move, like you said, it was, it was too, it, it was too hard to overcome. Um, and, and to make, to make that, that actual, that, that fight happen. Um, and, um, as, as much as, um, um, I, I don't know how serious in the, in the sense that they got close, close to actually making that fight, but there was, there, like you said, there was some, some major discussions around, around that, um, that showdown and what a fight it would have been. <laughs> I know Art Hafey told me he fought Alexis in Nicaragua. And he said he had trouble with his hand wraps, not from Alexis, but from the military who were out in force for the fight. And he just said it, it was a terrifying thing, you know, coming from the East Coast, coming from Canada, where, where unfortunately there's now a lot more gun violence. But at that time, you know, to have 20 gun murders in Canada in a year back then would have been a lot okay. in an entire country. So to see all these soldiers there with guns saying, you can't do this, you can't do that, and, and Art saying, I'm just taking a drink of water from the tap, and then saying, well, let me talk to Alexis, he won't mind. But he said it was just a, um, a frustrating time. But you mentioned something earlier. You know, Alexis, I didn't know this till I got older. Angela Dundee told me this, that boxers, for the most part, are friends because they know each other from the amateurs. And you mentioned Bazooka Lamont, and I believe there was one other person that, uh, Billy Costello, that he may have been angry at. But it was very touching the fight with Ray Mancini, where he told him he loved him after, and he followed through on that, where he actually helped Mancini 
in, in Mancini's career. And, and he wasn't obligated to do that, but he did that out of the kindness of his heart. He helped make him a champion. Yeah, he said, you know, he said, he said I, I love what you have with your father. Um, and, uh, and, and really, you know, at that, at that point, um, you know, you, you may see that iconic photo of him, you know, kind of cradling, um, you know, uh, yeah. And, um, and so, you know, it, it's, it, you're right. And I think that's, that's the, uh, that's the vital point here is that he, he didn't have to do that. Um, it was a, uh, it was something that was, that was natural. Um, it wasn't something that was um, fabricated in any way. And, and that, that was just Alexis's way of, um, you know, he, he saw people in, in, he saw fighters, he saw people in just this 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 way that that's hard to uh, hard to describe it's just that um he never you know he never saw someone as just an opponent or or or, or would look at look at them in that in that fashion or um as like a, you know sometimes you know he's just an opponent as a motivating factor you know he he saw ray mancini i mean they, they were they were you know obviously in two different um you know moving in two two different directions in in their career um but he took the time to say you know, Ray, you know, this is a, uh, you know, um, you know, pretty much you're going to be a champion, but, but, you know, you're, you're, you're I, I love what you have your, for your father. And, um, you know, when, when, when a young fighter sees that, that someone who could be looked at as a mentor as Alexis Arguello, I, I think, I think it, it does something to them. Um, and, uh, you know, he was, he just, he just, he just took that role and ran with it, I, I think. And, um, you know, it wasn't just Ray Mancini, who was, um, who was, I, I think he did this for, for a lot of fighters. And, uh, so, uh, it's just, um, it's kind of a touching thing. And, and, and when you think about Arguello and you think about a guy who is as, as, as violent in the ring, you know, it's, it's just, it's just uh, amazing to see that he was just as uh, gentle outside of it. You, you know, it's interesting. Um, when I met Kenny Norton, he said that, um, he was talking about his fights with Foreman and Ali and different people. And he said, you know what my problem was? And I, I said, I can't imagine you having a problem because he was as big as a building. And Angelo called them the Mustox. I mean, he was gigantic. And he said, I never hated anyone I fought. I just couldn't. It's not in me. You know, I looked at it as purely a sporting competition. I wanted to beat the man, but I didn't want to really hurt him. And he said it was hard against Ali because I loved him because... I was destitute living in my car with my son and beating Ali the first time instead of fighting for 1500 a fight, I'm now fighting for five, 600,000. So he said, you can't hate a person for that. And it seemed like Alexis just didn't have that hatred in him for other fighters or people that he viewed it really professionally. It's just, this is a job. It's a business. It's what I do. Right. I, I, I don't, you know, that, that wasn't um, something that was, instilled um within him and, and and you saw that um you saw that in, in the pre-fights before some of these you know these big fights he wasn't he you know he wasn't gonna you know play that um you know or play into that uh those you know that type of uh building building up for the fight that was even if even you know even if if, if it wasn't for you know they wanted him to do that for the promotion of the fight it just I, I can't, I can't hate, you know, I, I can't hate, I'm not, I'm not going to do it to, to, you know, to, you know, to fulfill a, a you know, a, a promotional need. So I, it was just, a, it's just something, I, I got to tell you, when I went to Nicaragua, I mean, just talking to people ab about Alexis, um, 
it, you know, it just reinforced exactly what you were, uh, what, what you're saying about, you know, um, you know, a human being, um, someone who, who understood, you know, where, where he stood inside and outside the ring, um, uh, dapper guy, uh, you know, always, um, you know, uh, dapper, but, um, but, but natural in the way that he, he treated others. So I, I, I think all those things came through when I met, met, you know, um, the people who loved him in Nicaragua. I know, I know that when he passed away, I mean, his opponents loved him. And, you know, there were hard, I mean, I was in tears reading Jim Watt's comment that he had lost one of his friends and idols and that he would miss him every day for the rest of his life, you know, how upset he was. And that wasn't just him. That was, I mean, as you well know, Ray Mancini and, and so many other fighters and guys like George Avallo and Nino Benvenuti and other people, Muhammad Ali, that knew him and were just heartbroken. You know, what... There's been so much written about how he passed away, whether it's whether he was murdered by the government, whether it was suicide. Do you have any thoughts on on what happened, or will we ever know for sure? The uh, so you know at the end of his and by the way, Pryor was someone who who he became very good friends with. They, That's they, right. They really they really grew um, to be uh, close friends. Which you know um, talk about you know talk about not hating an opponent. Um, you know, someone, you know, it'd be hard, you'd be hard pressed to find many fighters who, who were in a situation like, uh, like Alexis was in those two fights and then coming out and, and having a, a, one, a, a, a lasting friendship with, 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 with Pryor. You saved Pryor's life. Pryor's yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, it, um, the, uh, the situation with, with Alexis at the end of his, at the end of his life, I mean, um, you know, it, it, it uh, well, first of all, do I think something, you know, where, where we're going to find out? Yes, um, I, I do. Um, after the, uh, this regime and Ortega, um, you know, that they no longer, um, you know, they're no, no, he's no longer in power or, 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 or something, uh, you know, occurs where he, where he's, you know, pushed out of power. I, I think we're going to find out what really happened that night with, with Alexis. Um, I, I don't know. I think the, what I what I tried to convey in, in, in the book itself was the understanding that that, um, you know, that uh, the Sandinistas had, had, had forced Alexis into a place of, of no return in, in his life. Emotionally, um, they had uh, just d destroyed him where, to a point where he had no you know, he had no, there was no recourse. He, he couldn't come back from, from what, um, either they had threatened him with or, or, or had, had, um, threatened him physically or, or with, um, you know, at that stage politically, um, you, you remember, you know, this is a guy who was, who was, um, you know, people looked at Alexis at that stage in his life and were saying, wow, he's, he, he's really, he's, he's really turning the corner in his life. And, and, you know, um, and, it wasn't something where, you know, he had gone through a lot with, you know, um, in, in difficulties, you know, uh, with finances, you know, um, you know, drugs, you know, and, and he was becoming and, and he recognized that at this stage he was improving as a person and was, um, you know, at, had, and, and I think that um, if, 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 if the people who loved him understood that, he, you know, and it, it wasn't a guy who was going to you know, give up. He was, he was still fighting to become better each day. Um, but 
I think the Sandinistas um, that evening, um, when uh, when they when they eventually stripped him of all all powers and duties and made him pretty much left him as a figurehead, that uh, that that Alexis would have nowhere else to turn. So they searched uh, his reputation. They destroyed that. They tried to. Right, right. I mean, they they knew. I mean, uh, you know, they every. They knew everybody in, in Nicaragua knows Alexis and all the things, you know, that, that make him tick, um, that he thrives on. And um, once they took his, took, took, uh, stripped him of his ability to help others, I mean, that, that was the, the one thing that, that defined him. Um, right. um, that was his had, reason for being. He had nothing left. Um, so, unfortunately, uh, so long story short, I mean, on my end, I, I think we're, we, we will find out, um, you know, they they can put up as many um, uh, tributes as they want um, for Alexis. But um, I, I think the, um, the people that love him recognize that, that those, those are not that those are hollow at best. Um, so um, I just think that. Uh, I don't I don't it could be 10 years from now, it could be 20 years from now, but um, uh, there, there will be answers. Whenever it comes out, Christian, you're the only one on the planet who can write the book about it. <laughs> you have to write the book about that, the truth. You know. Yeah, so thank you, Lou. It's only you. Thank you. So, Alexis, how would you say he should be remembered? Not only as a, a you know, three-division all-time great world champion. I mean, if you listed the greatest world champions pound for pound, Lexus is always in the top two or three, you know, if not one. I mean, you can't rate him lower. You, Angel Dundee said you can't rate him lower than number one. It, uh, Dundee said that uh, um, they couldn't rate Alexis lower than one at, at what, at just at overall or at a certain overall, weight? Overall, pound for pound. A, a featherweight, lightweight, uh, junior lightweight. You can't rate him less than number one. There's no you know, one um, you can put in a ring against him and say this guy's got a chance. Yeah, that's he was he was that type. I mean, I, I loved him most at um, one one thirty one thirty. Actually, you know what? To be honest, to be honest, as much as I loved him at one thirty, I I thought he was probably the most um, intimidating and, and and difficult to fight at, at one thirty five. But um, but he just didn't have it, you know. The numbers are, you know, bring you, bring you. Know, if you want to look at numbers and and um, and 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 victories, you know, the the one thirty um, is, you know, I, I, th I thought he was a little bit too skinny at one twenty six. Uh, one thirty started to find his power, um, and he was just so tough. I mean, you know, uh, a, a guy who, uh, you know, he talked about after this Escalera fight where he was getting, um, you know, they were he was giving him stitches on on a, on a train in in Italy. Um, the uh, just just a guy who was you know one thing we don't talk about is is how tough he really was um, and um, so I, I I thought he was uh, just fabulous I and mean, you can talk about other fighters at one thirty I mean um, you know uh, you know junior lightweight with with uh, uh, Mayweather's and the Chavez's but um, you know I'll take Alexis on that one you know it's interesting because when he fought Escalera. Both times, but watching the first time, Angelo said to me, "I'm genuinely afraid that Escalera could die, because Ale because Alexis is not going to quit. He's not going down. He's going to keep coming forward and pounding him." 
And if Alaska Escalera's trainers care about their fighter, they should be stopping this because he's, he's taken a real bad beating. Yeah, and that, that, that was just, uh, you know, uh, Alexis, uh, you know, you know, could t take a punch. I mean, you know, um, and and also, uh, you know, he was. You forget he wasn't he wasn't as big as a volume puncher as some other some other fighters. Um, you know, Duran was, you know, Duran and Gomez, you know, they were they were constant, you know, you know, movement punching, you know, and, and um, you know, you know, you know, the whole fight ch chasing you down. Alexis wasn't that same volume puncher. But when he wanted to attack, he, his combinations, I mean, we haven't talked about the, the types of combinations he threw. I mean, you know, they were, um, you know, if, if, he, if he wanted to really intensify the attack on, on a fighter, he, he would. And that, that, that's when it got scary because he had that ability to, to um, you know, to, 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 to put his punches together in that way. It's just, it's just which one is going to connect and, and knock you out. Tremendous, you know? ac tremendous accuracy, sorry to interrupt. And... Angelo said he only saw two guys that reminded him of Joe Lewis in combination punching, Carlos Cerati and Alexis Arguello. And what he loved, and it put tears in Angelo's face, is when he had a guy hurt, hit him with a good right hand to the chin, and, and the guy would bring his hands up, and Alexis would throw a left hook to the liver. And Angelo would say, that's textbook boxing. That's what they've been teaching for 300 years. You get, hit him in the chin, his hands go up, take his liver, and then bring the hands down, and then he's ready to go. And he said, that's brilliance. That's a guy who knows how to do it. That's someone who makes it a sport. And yeah. just... That, that was Alexis. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, sorry sorry to cut you off. Uh, but no, no, no. <laughs> it was... Um... You know, we, you know, there we we see guys who are textbook um, who, who follow. Uh, you know, you, you like you said, you just you see it, and it's um, you know, it's almost like clockwork it, things that you're looking for in the ring. But when you hear that from Dundee, it's certainly something that's special. Oh, Angelo loved him. I, I, what the thing is, the fans would hug him, and he would pick up the young ones, and they'd give him a kiss. But the older ones, like, like. Shavala or or Angelo or Gil Clancy, they grab his face and kiss him. <laughs> they all did, you know. And you thought this is the longest hug in the world because they didn't want to let go of him. So, I mean, I think, you know, I, I I pray to God that we find out what happens and that you write the book on it. And also, I what I wanted to thank you most is because of your book, he's still alive. He's still very much with us. You know, he's still relevant everywhere around the world today. As you know better than anyone, people still talk about Alexis Arguello. People still see fighters and say, yeah, he's really good, but he's not Alexis Arguello. There's no way you can say he's as good as Alexis Arguello. Because that's yeah. the highest compliment you could give a fighter in and out of the ring. El Flaco Explosivo, just not just great in the ring, but a, a true gentleman and a gentleman and, and the ultimate sportsman. You know, if you were going to pick an ambassador for the sport, it would have to be Alexis Arguello. There couldn't be anyone else. Right. If, 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 and I appreciate that. Uh, that's the best compliment I could ever get. Is, is, if that, you know, if the book keeps his, his, um, his spirit alive, um, then, then uh, I, you know, hopefully have done, done something right with, with the way I told, uh, told his story. But um, like you said, there's, there's definitely more to come. There's going to be more answers about Alexis, but. Um, you know, people aren't going to forget 
forget Alexis. And, and, and when they think about, um, I, I don't care if a guy's 50 and 0 and I don't care if a guy's coming in and he wins his first 40 fights, you, you can be a great fighter. You can be a great fighter. You can be a four time, you know, four or five division, whatever it is. And you still might not be Alexis Arguello. And, and that's okay. Um, because you know, the, the, um, you know, the intangibles, People forget people, you know, people forget the intangibles of, of, of Alexis, the way the way um, that, that he, you know, built his career and all of the turmoil outside of it and the way that, you know, that he stayed and how formidable he was. Um, and, and his, you know, look at his numbers, look at, you know, his, his career. He's not a guy that fought, you know, fought 30 or 40 fights and then retired. This is a guy, you know, you know, and when you look at it, you more than 80 fights and and and, you know, he. The, the way he the way he fought and and the way he um, conducted himself it was it was more than a fighter and and that is something that um, that I think sometimes people people forget when they when they think about all-time greats there's more than just the numbers right well yeah I, I, when he went to different divisions and would move up he always went for the best guy in that division he didn't go for the guy you know, who who was the weakest link? He didn't want that. He, who's the best at lightweight? I want him. Who's the best at feather? I want him. Who's the best at junior lightweight? That's the guy I want. And in his time, there weren't four title belts in every division, and silver belts, and champion at recess. There were. He did it. I mean, he started when there were only eight world champions, and to be the best then meant you were the best. And I, I, I don't know. I don't think there's a fighter in any weight class today that could, or, or featherweight, um, or lightweight, or junior lightweight that that could beat him. I don't think Tank Davis beats him. I don't think Devin Haney beats him. I don't think anybody beats him. I think he's just too good for those guys. Too smart. Knows how to apply all the knowledge. Took everything he learned and you know, became the best ever in his weight classes. Yeah. I mean, that, that, yeah, those guys, um, they're, they're not, uh, they, they've got a while to be, uh, to, to, to be able to, you know, be mentioned in, 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 in the category with, with Alexis. Yeah. And they probably will never be mentioned in that category. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of the greatest of all time. Um, I, I want to thank you so much. I could talk to you for another 25 hours, but, I, I'd like to have you back on to discuss your books on Wilfredo Gomez, Hector Camacho, and Duran uh, when you have time. And uh, I just want to say, Christian, it's been fantastic having you on. It's been a privilege and a pleasure. And I know all the people watching have enjoyed it. I wanted to ask you, where can people get your book? I know they can get it on Amazon, but where else? Uh, you know, right right now, I mean, this, this book is... Uh... It, uh, where is okay um you can right now amazon is probably the uh the, the one place where where you can still get it i mean um okay. um i i don't know there there are too many other places right now i mean to, to get it it's just uh i mean it's, you're looking at a little bit older um but it's also popular i mean it's hard to find because people are out of stock all the time the uh you, you can buy it on like a, um, I, I've seen it on eBay recently, but um, I, I wish I, I wish I had more answers uh, about that. Um, 
You have your own website? Yeah, uh, ChristianJudaJ.com, but I, I haven't been uh, selling them recently on that but, uh, site. But okay. if, um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into it. Maybe I can share. Uh, uh, I've been more focused a little bit on. Um, I'm, I'm working on a book on on Salvador Sanchez, so I haven't uh, really. Yeah. So that, um, that that's just puts a lump in my throat. I I didn't believe it when I saw on the news that he had passed away at that age. I thought this isn't funny. Why would someone joke like that? And uh, you can only, I mean, as an all-time great at 22 and, you know, possibly the greatest fighter that ever lived if, he, if, if he'd been allowed to, you know, if his life had gone on. And Gomez was favored over him and he took him apart. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so the, uh, I can't wait to, you know, I just started it. So I'm, 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 I'm learning, um, I'll be working a lot more with the, uh, with the uh, the idea of, of of Salvador Sanchez, so um, I'll be happy to, yeah. So Thank you. go yeah. ahead. Sir. No, I just uh, I I really wanted to have one more um, Latin fighter to, to focus on, and uh, and Sanchez um, was someone who uh, really really unique story and and background, and uh, so can't can't wait to uh, dive into this one. Oh, that I can't wait to read that. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, Christian Judaday has been our our guest today uh, on uh, Ring Talk. And we're going, this will be posted and I will send you a link, uh, Christian, that you can post. I hope everyone out, I know everyone out there enjoyed it to our friends all over Canada States and in England as well. Uh, Christian, we look forward to the Salvador Sanchez book. But in the meantime, Go on Amazon and get the book on Alexis Arguello. Get Christian's book on Wilfredo Gomez. If you didn't see Wilfredo Gomez, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> you, you have to read this book. It's magnificent. It's explosive. As explosive as Wilfredo Gomez is. And thank the Lord he's still with us. And his book on Hector Camacho is also a brilliant book. Anything Christian writes is a brilliant, magnificent book. It's very gripping. It'll tug at your heartstrings. It'll bring a smile to your face. But in this book, and his other books, but especially in this book too, you get to walk alongside Alexis Arguello. And to be able to have a writer be able to put you there beside him is a very special, special, rare quality. And Christian, thank you so much. Hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we will speak to you soon. Lou, this has been so special. Thank you for reaching out to me. And uh, I love talk. I love talking boxing with you, my man. Thank you. Vice versa. Right. You take care. That was great. What a